0: Good morning to each one of you and greetings in Jesus' name. When I met Bradley here this morning, he mentioned that it's been a while since uh, since we've been here, and it has been a while. I was looking back on my calendar, and I think it was May of 22. So it's been a while since I've been back here. And I don't know if you all remember, but the last time I was here, I got my hands dirty. Because Bradley got up and he was getting ready to head out to get me something to clean my hands up, and I said, I got it covered. Y'all remember that? <laughs> Do y'all remember what the message was? I know this is kind of a pop quiz, but I'm a teacher, so. <laughs> as, as clay in the hands of a potter. Yes, good memory, good job. Well, I, I teach school, and so I like, I like object lessons. And Rodney, I really liked your object, object, object lesson here this morning of being filled. Because, you know, if we're not filled with Christ, he can't, he can't move us. And that glove was just dead, inanimate. And even though we are living beings, without Christ... We cannot share Christ. But anyway, we just came through the Christmas season. And I like numbers. I like statistics. I like just different things. And uh, I've been studying some apologetics at school just a little bit. You know, how to defend your faith. How do we know about Christ? How do you know about Christ? How can you prove that Christ really lived and died and rose again? How can you do that? Can you 100% share with me that you guarantee that Christ came and lived and died? We weren't there. And we look at the Word of God, we look at the Old Testament and the prophecies that are written in there, And it's kind of interesting to see those prophecies. And then we have the New Testament where people actually observed these prophecies coming true. And some believed, and yet some still reject Christ today. Even after it is just spelled out plain and clear right here in God's Word. What are the chances? Is the title of the message this morning. What are the chances? Now, I brought some money with me this morning. Do y'all know what that is? You know what that is? It's a silver dollars. I got a couple of them. I got four. I think I got some more at home. This is a 1971. Anybody a 71 model? I think my wife is here. (laughs) Oh, you're not that old. (laughs) Here's a 76 model. Anybody a 76 model? Here's another 71. Here's a 74. So, if I were to flip this coin, what are the chances that it's going to land heads up? 50-50. Half, right? Okay. Heads up. What's the chances that it's going to land heads up? 50-50. Half, right? Right? What's the chances it's going to land heads up? 50-50. Tails. Now, if you multiply those 50-50, or half times half times half times half, what are you going to get? Of that coin landing heads up each time. Well, you multiply a half, times a half, times a half, times a half. And what are you going to get after four of those? One-sixteenth. One-sixteenth of a chance that it's going to land heads up. And if you keep flipping that coin, it keeps going exponentially and keeps growing exponentially. And so then you multiply one-sixteenth times a half and it goes to one-thirty-second and then to 164th, and so on and so forth. And those numbers just continue to grow in huge numbers. So what are the chances that the prophecies in the Old Testament, what are the chances that the Messiah was going to be Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary? What are the chances? 100%. We know that... From this side. But if we were in the Old Testament and we were looking at those prophecies, what would be the chances of Jesus being the Messiah, the son of Joseph and Mary? It's still 100%. Looking forward or looking back, the chances of Jesus Christ being the Messiah are 100%. But when we look at the statistics of the Old Testament Scriptures and the prophecies concerning, pointing towards Christ, it's amazing the numbers that, that point and show that Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary, were going to be Jesus Christ. The Christ, the Messiah. There are 60 major messianic prophecies and there are about a, a 270 other References to the fullness of time when Jesus would come again. There would only be one Savior, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. What's the population of the world? How much did you say? Eight billion. Eight billion plus a couple. Okay. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you are one individual in 8 billion people in this world. Okay? And I don't know if you've ever recognized the importance of your name, address, and maybe even social security number, but you are a re- if if you have a social security number, you are a recognized being in the United States of America. And I don't know what the other countries have in recognizing people. But there are some people that live in this country that actually don't exist according to the records of this country. People that don't have a social security number and so they don't know that they exist. We had a cousin that was born, my wife's cousin was born in Kentucky in a a primitive settlement and they did not believe in registering their children with a social security number. He moved to the valley and he went to get his driver's license and he couldn't get it. They said, I need we need your social security number. And he was like, What's that? You don't have a social security number. What's a social security number? Well, it's the government's recognition of you as an individual citizen in the state, in the states. So he had to go through the process of getting that social security number to be recognized as a being. In the United States, in Virginia. And once he got that number, he was recognized. Now, one chance out of eight billion of someone finding you. Think about that. If we were to say, Rodney, I want you. To go to another country and I want you to find Jim Elliot. Where would you start? Where would you start? There are probably a lot of men named Jim Elliot. There's probably not a huge amount. But where would you start to find that person? And so I want you to think about this. You are unique in your being because you are recognized not just by the United States or wherever you, where you, wherever you came from, but you are recognized by God as an individual in this world that we live. And it doesn't matter how many statistics there are. It doesn't matter that you are one in eight point so many billion people. You are recognize being of God but your name address and your social security number identify you specifically and so if I were to say to Bradley I mean to to (laughs) Rodney thank you okay I want you to go to the state of Virginia in this city and find this man that would narrow it down quite a bit But the importance of Jesus' name, place of birth, and many other facts of life were clearly written and prophesied many, many years before in the Old Testament. And it was very clearly spelled out and there were men that were studied the Old Testament. They they studied these prophecies and they were clearly written before He was born as a babe in Bethlehem. The prophecies concerning the Messiah were foretold in the Old Testament by many different writers that were inspired of God. These prophets were just like you and I. They were normal beings. They were normal intellectual men and women. These men, they were moral teachers. Well, we have that today. We have people that teach a certain set of morality. And that's good. We need that. They were proponents of the law. In other words, they held up that the Old Testament law was something that people needed to live by. Well, we have that in the United States as well. And even in other countries. But these, these prophets, they were, they were not only moral teachers, proponents of the law. They were pastors. They were also instruments revealing God's will to man. And even predicting future events. But most importantly, they prophesied of the incarnation of Jesus Christ when he would come as a babe in a manger. That would be the redemption of mankind, and it would affect all of mankind. I got this book from a friend at Maranatha. It's called More Than a Carpenter. And this has to do with Josh McDowell and some of his analytics and studies and writings and different things like that. And it gives the statistics of what the chances are of just eight of these sixty major prophecies coming true It just gives an example of only eight of them coming true. And there are 60 major and 270 other references in Scripture. It says the following probabilities show that coincidence is ruled out. Meaning the coincidence of Jesus being the Christ could hardly ever, ever happen. Just the coincidence of it. Stoner says that applying the science of probability to 8 of these 270 plus 60 major prophecies, we find the chance that any man might have lived down to this present time and fulfilled 8 of these messianic prophecies to the staggering number of 1 times 10 to the 17th power. Now, I don't know if you recognize how many powers that is times ten. But here's another quirky thing that I like. After millions is billions, then trillions, then it's quadrillions, quintillions, sextillions, septillions, octillions, nonillions, decillions, undecillions, duodecillions, Tre decillions, quattro decillions, quint decillions, sex decillions, septem decillions, octo decillions, novem decillions, virgin decillions, and centillions. And then you get to Google. Google is a number without end. Just what? Well, so when you pick up your phone and you do Google, you have resources that are number without end. It's a big number. It's in infinity. It keeps on going. That is God. That is Jesus Christ from the very beginning. And so this writer says to give you a little bit of visual of 10, 1 times 10 to the 17th power. He said if you would take silver dollars. And place them side by side all over the state of Texas. It would have to be a foot and a half deep over the state of Texas to be the number, probability of Christ fulfilling just eight. Of them. And to fulfill all 60 major prophecies, and then to fulfill 270 other references to these prophecies, would be Google. And I don't know what that number would be, but it would be number without end. It would be the universe full of these representing a chance. We celebrate Christmas, and the world recognizes Christmas, and the world celebrates a time that the world recognizes that Jesus was born. Just a couple of Old Testament prophecies, and then I want to go forward into how do we share our faith, because we're going to get out of some of this stuff and get into something a little more practical but in Isaiah 7.14 it says Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign Behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son And shall call his name Emmanuel That's impossible A virgin cannot conceive and have a child It's impossible But with God all things are possible Micah says But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of these he shall come forth unto me to be a ruler in Israel, whose going forths have been from old and from everlasting. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Luke, the Christmas story. Luke chapter 1. These are so familiar verses and yet I want to to lift out some of the things that happened that were supernatural, but they were fulfillment of prophecy. But first I want to introduce Luke to you, the writer Luke. The writer Luke was a doctor. He was an educated man. He obviously paid attention to small details. And some historians and scholars acknowledge his historical accuracy. And I just want to say this. As a doctor or a dentist or someone that is, pays attention to details, you would not want to go into a doctor's office to have him work on your knee or your toe or your arm or your hand or even on your heart and someone that doesn't pay attention to details and says, oops, I messed up. No, you want someone that is going to be solid and capable and pay attention to small details. And Luke, I believe, was one of those men. John McRae, a professor of New Testament theo- archaeology, says that Luke is scholarly. He is eloquent and his Greek writing approaches classical quality. He writes as an educated man and archaeology is proving over and over his accurate writings. So I want to start at verse 26 of Luke. And I want you to recognize the miracles, the hand of God, the prophecies that were foretold here just to Mary. And then I want you to recognize that it is from Luke's perspective that was not there. He was not there. He couldn't have been there. But in Luke, I'm sorry, yeah, in Luke 1, verse 26, it says In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thine womb, and bring forth the son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto a- to the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now where did Luke get his information? Where would he have gotten this information? He obviously had to get this information from a reliable source. Because Luke being a meticulous person as a doctor wouldn't just randomly write oh guess what i guess what i heard i heard jim tell jill tell sam tell bill that this was what happened there's no way that he would have written anything like that he had to go to the source to find out those facts and when he found out those facts i am sure that he wrote them down and then he went back and said mary is this right Is this really what the the angel said? Is this what really happened? Luke obviously was not there when the angel appeared to Mary. There's no way. Because he was called as a disciple some 30 years later. He didn't hear what the angel told Mary. And he did not hear Mary's response. However, I'm convinced that Luke did his research the meticulous type of person that he would have been. He, I'm sure he read about the Old Testament prophecies and I'm sure that he wrote about that as he found out how they were fulfilled. But in these specific verses, there are a number of prophecies that Luke writes about that were foretold. And it says that Jesus was from Nazareth and Galilee. They traveled. From there to Bethlehem. It says his mother was Mary, a virgin. It says that in these verses that we read. His mother was Mary, a virgin. He would be from the house of David. And both Joseph and Mary were from the house of David. Joseph being from the house of Solomon, I think. And Mary from Nathan, vice versa. I'm not exactly sure which one that would be. But it also said in those verses that Jesus was going to be a boy. It said he. It told him what his name was to be. That she should name him. It said that he would be called the Son of God. Another prophecy. It said that he would reign forever. It said that his kingdom would never end. And every one of these prophecies were completely outside of Jesus' control, and ability to fulfill them. Think about that. There's no way that he could have determined himself before he was born that he would have been from from Nazareth, except him being God. There's no way that he could have known that Mary was going to be his mother mother, except it be from God. There's no way that he would have been able to determine himself that he would be from the house of David or that he would be a boy or his name would be Jesus unless he himself was there. But every one of these prophecies were completely fulfilled in Emmanuel, God with us, in the birth, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And so I ask you again, if all of these prophecies spoken by The different prophets hundreds of years before in the Old Testament. Actually, how could it actually happen? Could, would, and did come to pass? What are those chances? Well, the chances scientifically are slim. But eternally, 100%. And I want you to think about this. 100% you serve a living God. 100%... Jesus Christ was there in the beginning. 100% this word is true and the prophecies that were spoken of hundreds of years before have come into being. And guess what? As Brother Glenn suggested and asked for prayer that Jesus come quickly. 100% He's coming again. Because this book says He is coming again. Why do people still reject Jesus as the Messiah? Jesus as Savior, well, He don't fit in their box. Think about it. He didn't fit in that Pharisaical box. And they missed Him. The religious rulers and leaders of the day, they knew their stuff. They were educated men like Luke was. They studied the law. They read the Psalms and the Prophets. They could tell people about the prophecies of the Messiah. They knew that the Messiah was going to come come one day. And they missed Him. They missed Him because of preconceived ideas. Things that they had in their mind. This is how it's going to be. And if it doesn't happen this way, well it can't be. But guess what? That's man's thinking. That's not God's way. God's ways are so much higher than our ways. They ignored the facts of the prophecies of the Messiah coming as a servant, healing the sick, causing the blind to see, the lame to walk, the dead to rise again. They saw all these things. These were religious leaders. These were educated men. These were, to me, meticulous study people that studied the law. And yet, Jesus did all of these things. These religious leaders heard the testimony of the blind man that regained his sight. They knew of Lazarus being brought up out of the tomb after he was in there for four days rotting away. And Mary And Martha both themselves saying, he will stink. If we roll the stone away, it's going to stink in there. Because that was the natural process after death. But the dead body did not come out of that tomb. A live being of someone that Jesus loved came back to life and these religious leaders and these people they saw it happen and yet what did they do they plotted to kill lazarus and jesus because of the tumult that it was causing jesus performed these miracles in the very presence of people in the synagogue and the evidence of jesus of nazareth being the christ was overwhelming and yet they didn't fit in his box. What kind of box do you have? What are your thoughts about Jesus Christ, about the coming age, about when Jesus will come again? What are your thoughts? He had all the credentials, but he came as a suffering servant, not a ruling, not, not a mighty ruler. Why didn't they believe? I think the same reason people don't believe today. Because people have preconceived ideas and they don't want to be accountable to a holy God because Jesus doesn't fit in their box. And we don't want to fit in His box. Because if we fit in His box, that means we have to do and give up and can't do this and can't do that. You know what? It's not that way. Because we have privileges that are eternal. It's not the things that we can't do, but it's the things that we are blessed with. We have hope of everlasting life. We have hope of being with Him in eternity. Do you believe? It doesn't matter about the statistics. It doesn't matter about the writings of man. It doesn't matter about the meticulous details. What it matters is do you have faith In Jesus Christ, the Son of God that came as a suffering servant and lived His life and suffered and died and rose again and is now at the right hand of God interceding for you. You might be one in eight billion people that someone from Africa could not come and find if we gave them only your name. But God recognizes you as a valuable soul. He recognizes each individual that has ever lived as a valuable soul. And He came to seek and to save one in eight billion. And if that's you, praise God. We'll put you in the kingdom. We'll put you in the bank. We'll put you in the stack. We'll put you where God wants you to be. Because you are adding to the wealth of the kingdom of God in your life but it only comes by faith it only comes by recognizing Christ as Lord and Savior God's box is bigger than ours God's ways are higher than ours the number of prophecies and facts about Jesus they're astounding and it's just amazing how many are written. And it, just in that one passage in Luke, I wrote down eight small prophecies that were written by an educated man, a doctor. And he had to go to the source. And then he had to experience Christ. And anyone that goes to the source, the Word of God, Jesus Christ. By the way, just for you all, Young people, maybe older people know this. This book, it says in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. That's Jesus Christ. This is the Word of God. You're holding Jesus Christ in your hands today. The very truth of Jesus Christ in your hands. What are the chances? 100%. Jesus Himself told His disciples what was going to happen to Him. in Mark it says and he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after 3 days rise again Jesus told his disciples that as they were going to Jerusalem that was in Mark and says and they were in the way going up to Jerusalem Jesus went before them and they were amazed as they followed they began and they were afraid and he took again the twelve, and began to tell them what things should happen unto Him. He didn't say it just once. He said it to them a couple of times. He said, And the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn Him to death and shall deliver Him to the Gentiles. And they shall mock Him and shall scourge Him and shall spit upon Him and shall kill Him. And the third day He shall rise again. He told them this, and they didn't believe it. And these guys were with Him all the time. They were following Him. But they didn't believe it. But we know what happened. Jesus went to Jerusalem. And He faced every one of those things that He told His disciples that He was going to face. And then those disciples, those cowards, when they went to the garden with Him, they said, We will go to death with you. At least that's what Peter said. And he said, Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And when those soldiers came to that garden with their torches and swords and spears, those disciples that said, I will go with you, ran away like a bunch of chickens. But after that, when they were filled with the Spirit, they went to their death testifying of what Christ had done for them. And it wasn't until the hand was in the glove, as Rodney shared with us this morning, it wasn't until that Spirit had permeated their being that they were willing to testify unto their death of what Jesus had done for them. And we will not be able to testify either unless we are filled with that Spirit of God. Does Jesus Christ fit in your box? He's not going to force you into His box. He's inviting you into His box. What's really interesting is that the disciples when they were told what was going to happen, they didn't believe it. But the Jewish rulers, the Pharisees, they believed it. Because they said in their council, hey, we need to make His tomb secure because He said that He was going to rise again in three days. And so they made it secure. But it wasn't secure enough. Because... That earthquake came and that angel rolled that stone away. And those trained soldiers fainted. They fainted because of the glory of those angels. And Jesus rose. And he spoke to those women. But then what happened after that? Those soldiers, they went to those Jewish rulers and said, Huh? uh." We don't know what happened. But the stone was rolled away. Matthew 28 says, Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave them large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. <laughs> and if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were told. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. Can you imagine these soldiers coming to like after they had fainted they woke up from their fainting spell. Can you imagine them waking up and saying Bill the stone is rolled away. Do you think that they peeked in there? Buddy I would have. If, char- if I was in charge of it I would have looked in there. Whew. His body's still there. It's gone. What happened? When these when these soldiers went to these rulers, I don't think they went and said, oh, we were. Um, we were watching and this this angel came and we all fainted and and then when we came to the The stone was rolled back and the body was gone. I don't think that they would have been a very monotone. I think that they would have been like full of adrenaline. And they would have been fearing for their own lives because they didn't do their job. And to not do your job as a Roman soldier, you would be dead because of not doing your job. And I'm sure that they were animated beings telling of the experience that they saw at that tomb. These men were trained, hardened soldiers that had beaten Jesus and drove those nails and hung Him on the cross and crucified Him. They saw all those things happen. And they were placed to watch the tomb. I bet you there were some believers in that quadrant of soldiers. But then we see Thomas, doubting Thomas, in John. He was one of the disciples. And when Jesus appeared to them, Thomas said, uh uh-uh. uh. No way. It didn't fit in Thomas' box. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. I'm sure they didn't say, Hey, Thomas, Jesus came and we saw him last week. I'm sure they were animated. Thomas, we saw the Lord. If you saw Jesus walk into this building and you recognized Him as Lord and Messiah, would you say, Oh, Jesus just walked in. That's cool. Are y'all playing volleyball tonight? No. Our minds, our eyes, we would be focused on Him. But Thomas, it didn't fit in his box. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nail, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Thomas, reach here your finger. Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Thomas experienced Christ right there. And it filled him with faith. But Jesus went on to say, Thomas, because thou hast seen me and thou hast believed, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed, and that's you. We have never seen that physical form of Jesus Christ. We have never seen those prints in His hands. And the, the slit in His side. We have never seen that. But what kind of box does Jesus fit in for you? Be not faithless, but believing. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, listen, But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. Praise God for that. And so it doesn't matter about the statistics. It doesn't matter about the depth of the coins across the state of Texas. It's believing that adds wealth to your life. So the facts are in. Jesus has come. Emmanuel, God with us. And we know that He rose from the dead. And we know that He is standing by God. And so we look at the Christmas story as a babe in a manger. We see the Easter story that the Lord has risen. And one day we will see the end of the story when Jesus comes again to claim his bride. What are the chances? 100%. Let's go forth believing and waiting and saying, come Lord Jesus. Lord bless you.